All right, go, go. In five, four, three. That's tomorrow, and that is it. Okay. In five, four, three. Okay. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can. I'll write it, and we'll do it live. Right. Fucking thing sucks. In five, four, three. So number two. Oh yeah. It's great. Oh, to be back. Oh, I did want to pause. I don't know if we want this on the podcast. Tell me right after I say it. I'm starting to think she doesn't like our podcast. It's just a hunch. Dude, I don't know. She was being uh. She was being weird the other day when we listened to it. Oh. Uh. I mean, it is weird hearing somebody's voice that you're used to. Also, it is a weird idea to start a podcast. Won't lie. It's one of those things where it sounds really dumb until somebody actually listens to it. Yeah. So you have more than one. Uh, she, was, she was being gay, though. She was being like, oh, my God, I can't believe you're doing that. Mm. Like, it was a good thing. I hated it. I was like, oh, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Uh. My podcast is actually got 40 people last week. I was impressed. Wait, really? Yeah, not this one. I got bored and started a daily little sports update podcast. Wow. Uh, the audio on that one is it? terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one got five. We How got... many of those were you? I think it was just the one. I'm not really sure because it was doing some weird type of stats on there where it was showing me being in uh, Belgium. So I'm not really sure, but it showed that there was somebody from the Congo and there was someone from Belgium that listened to it. And oh. I believe I was the Belgium one because I I showed up right after I listened to it when it first came out. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So yeah. Congo and the Belgium, huh? Yeah, we got a weird, diverse audience. You have a weird, diverse audience. We had five. No, 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 no. Um, that was for our podcast. That was for oh. this one. Yeah. No, for the other one, it was like 40 or so people over the course of a week. It was like five episodes. And that one, I did it off of my phone. Is impossible to do it. Like, the app that I was using to record and post the audio doesn't really have the function to edit any of the audio, so I was trying to do it in one take. And I was trying to do it just while I was out doing exercising, taking a walk, stuff like that. Oh, so, so you're audio... walking and podcasting. <laughs> the audio quality is god-awful. <laughs> Just terrible. <laughs> but I fucking quadrupled the numbers on this shit just by putting out, fucking num- or putting out podcasts. What the hell would possess you to be like, you know what, I'm going to walk and I'm going to podcast? Boredom. Just boredom. Yeah. Feared it would be good practice to uh, help out with this one, to be honest with you. Mm. There's not really... Yeah, there's not really much time or any type of energy that's going into it besides just walk for about 20 minutes, talk the entire time, and then hit post. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. I don't need any practice, though. <laughs> the natural-born killer. That's the spirit. All right, so let's... Has anything... Um, Happy you in the last week since we recorded the last one? 
just the old coronavirus 19. Oh, okay. Second infection, two years apart. Oh, two years apart. So you got a year? Or you got you got two years in between getting infected? Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, how was that? I haven't had that long of a pause since COVID came out. I've gotten it like every six months or eight months. Um, it was fine. It was a fever for a day and like a little headache. And that was about it. That was about it. Oh, that also, um, brings up the notion. I was wondering how long it would be on Spotify before we got the, uh, disclaimer about COVID. I guess we made it two podcasts in, so better than I expected, to be honest with you. Well, but, why would they even put a disclaimer? Uh, they do it so, on everyone where you mention COVID. It seems like they put every podcast that mentions it, just a little disclaimer about information. Oh. Yeah, you never noticed that with uh, like Joe Rogan or any of any's have a podcast? Uh, I've noticed it on there. I don't try and find out why they put it on there because I don't really care. Oh, I was just assuming I've done no research as to why they do it, but that seems to be why i i you fear they were just small enough to beat it though oh yeah. yeah 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 i think we have to have people listen for it to do it i don't know it might be a um automated thing though if they hear the word they just automatically I, put it on there i can spread the covid misinformation of my personal experience you could you could you can make up a, a thing that cured it that'd be cool salmonella <laughs> yeah, I I'm really disappointed that the uh, Indians didn't cure it by drinking piss. I thought uh, that was going to be the yeah. reason that was stopped it. Imagine if that worked. Imagine if that was the whole world was just started drinking like a cow piss. That would suck, dude. It's a fun like alternative history. We got Moderna like big gulps of cow piss. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the initial goal was to have uh, UFC bets, like mm-hmm. predictions and everything, but we didn't really get around to it. So uh, I'll just kind of get into some of the news that happened with the UFC and I mean, I just kind of inform the people. predictions right now. You could go through the predictions and you're sharing the screen so I can see who won, who <laughs> lost. So you would be pretty damn good. It Israel Adesanya, round five, decision. Yeah. That's good. my guess. Okay. Okay. Alexander Volkanovsky, round five decision. And then uh, let's see. Alex Pereira. I was pronouncing Pereira, but yeah, either or. Round one, two minutes, 36 seconds. Get this knockout or technical knockout. Oh, shit. All right. So you want to actually get into some of them and just have yeah. a yeah. cowboy loss. And he said he was retiring after the match. I don't know how you feel. Is he a uh, fan favorite for you? Uh, no, not particularly. I never got into Cowboy as much. Like, he's all right, but... I uh, see, Cowboy, to me, is a watered-down version of uh, Korean Zombie. I like him. I like seeing him on the card. Yeah. He's not... I do like the Korean Zombie. Yeah, he's one of those weird ones where it's like, I have no expectations of you ever winning a title, but I just like seeing you fight. Yeah. And just want to w- see... I wish uh, somebody would beat Volkanovski. 
Dude, he's on like a 22 wing streak or something insane like that. Like, I don't see it happen. Especially he fucking pieced up Holloway. That fight was not that good. Holloway, Holloway was doing his typical, like, take 50 punches to the face type of thing, but it was one sided the entire time. Damn. So, yeah, Holloway really pieced him up. Or not Holloway pieced him up. Um, God, it's throwing me off not being able to see the names of the fires now. Volkanovski really pieced up Holloway. And just yeah. completely, like, I don't know what the scorecards were or how many punches he was beating by, but it was a ton every single round. He was doing this typical thing of taking 50 of them, but he wasn't really able to get any type of combos. He was kind of getting punched and then trying to swing after that, but Balkanowski was completely out of the range of him. Yeah, I didn't get to watch, so was Holloway just, like, having an off night, or... No, think I think that's how it goes every time. I think Volkanovski is just that much better than him. I mean, he's been three times now. Yeah. So I think it was one of those where he's just that much better of a uh, striker than Holloway. Which is strange because Holloway has the reach and the size. Like, you would think he would be able to piece him up. Yeah. Um, if you could go back to the fires real quick. Look at the other ones. Uh... So, uh, O'Malley lost. He was winning that. That was probably the best person that he's faced so far. Uh, but O'Malley lost. Well, I guess there's no contest, so I guess that doesn't count as a loss. I'm not really sure how that goes down. But he he poked, yeah. he poked uh, Pedro in the eye, and the ref came in, like the doctor and everything came in. and was like, bro, you can't see shit. Fights off. Oh, that's lame. It's a bad way to end a fight. It is a bad way to end a fight. I mean, Sean really hasn't really lost yet. This one kind of sets him back a little bit if he was going to try to go for a title in like a year or so, but the only loss he has is when he got injured, like a calf or foot injury. I mean, even then, they still might give him a uh, title shot. I don't think he's there yet for a title shot. I think they'll do another like one or two higher-up people. Um, yeah. Right, Waller, but I don't think that's going to completely kill his chances of what. Oh, no, no, not kill chances. I'm just saying it's going to push back his time time frame for it a little bit. Like, yeah. he might be three fights away from a title now instead of, like, two fights away from a title. Why did the Misha Tate-Lauren Murphy get canceled? I don't remember. I believe Misha Tate uh, pulled out. I believe it was Misha Tate, but that one had been uh, canceled for a while. Yeah. That had been canceled like last week. Um, That Alex Pereira, that is the guy that has beaten uh, Izzy. Like, I, I think he beat him twice in kickboxing. So really? they're Yeah, they're really setting him up to try to go for a uh, title shot. He He's fought... I'm not sure how many times he's fought in the actual UFC compared to just professional like uh, mixed martial arts. He's six and one. He lost his first fight and he's on a six winning streak. Um, I think he's like three and zero oh in the UFC. I could be wrong on that, but Sean Strickland was ranked number four, so that was a pretty impressive fight, like pretty impressive win for the middleweight division. Yeah, I mean, but also though, uh, Wonder Boy kicked the shit out of everyone in kickboxing and. Uh, Pro crop did too, but then true, they true. got the UFC. They just couldn't do 
a whole lot. Like, Wonder Boy still has good fights and everything, but not as dominant as he was in kickboxing, and the same is for uh, Crow Cop. I disagree a little bit. Crow Cop at least got the title, I think. Right? Uh, I don't think so. Hold on, let me let me find out. I thought he did get the title for like a little bit. Um, but yeah, Wonder Boy, Wonder Boy is. I wouldn't say a disappointment. His record's still good. He just never really. A disappointment, but not. uh, Yeah, not a champion defending it once or twice type of thing. Oh, it looks like he did at UFC. Wait, no, hold on. Yeah, I believe he did early on, but it could have been like Pride or something. No, like that. it was it was all Pride stuff. He never won in uh, the UFC. Okay, that's a weird time for heavyweights in the UFC. But yeah, he was he was good in my opinion. He was never good enough, but he was oh, he good. Oh, he's super good. Uh, he wasn't yeah. good at ground stuff though. But as far as kickboxers go, he's like one of <laughs> yeah. the best. But he was in a weird time period where it's like rampage and people like that, where it's like you could just all you had to do was just go crazy with like one specialist type of thing. Yeah. But I mean, he like beat Vanderlei and all that kind of stuff over in uh, Pride. Yeah, true. He was a Pride champ like a couple times. No, this guy, I don't think he's going to be able to beat Izzy. Like, he seems pretty good. It just really depends on how the pride type of thing is. If Izzy's just going to treat it like a kickboxing match to show that he's better than him now. Because I, I really don't see either of them going to the ground. I think he's a decent matchup for Izzy because this guy is just, like, really tall. He has the yeah. same body build as Izzy does of being, like... Uh, can you go back to him real quick? I think he's, like, 6'2" insane reach type of thing uh if you click on there and then uh your thing's different than uh espn 64 185 yeah i think he's the same height as izzy mm-hmm. so they're just like they're way taller like i think the person that izzy fought was like six foot five eleven the person they beat last night oh yeah he's got the same build yeah my man yeah, is tatted up. <laughs> I mean, the guy probably grew up in like some rough neighborhoods in Brazil. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's uh, where most fighters come from. You don't mm-hmm. find uh, fighters in good households usually. No, there is a reason that Mike Tyson's kids never became fighters. Now, there is some exceptions. I mean, you got, um, uh, oh, God, I. George Floyd? Not George Floyd. He nope, got shot. That's the wrong one. <laughs> he didn't get shot. <laughs> I joked. I joked on that one. You got uh oh my god. He has the Floyd fucking com- No, he has the commercials for the uh Panini Press thing. Oh, it's George Foreman. Foreman. I was close. I was so close. Are you sure? <laughs> it feels like I was close. But yeah, his his daughter was really good of a boxer. Georgette. They're all named Georgette. I don't know. I hope so. Hope you're not no, they are. Up. Oh, they are? That's weird. Yeah, hold on. Give me a sec. Because I he named all of his boys George and all of his girls Georgette. 
That's so fucking weird. He is getting old. I've seen him in some newer commercial, and the man's getting really old. Okay, so George Foreman the third, Georgetta, George Foreman the fourth. How many? Kids so the does girls are named different. He okay. has a lot of kids. Damn, He's got he does. Junior, the third, the fourth, the fifth. Five boys named them all George. I like how there's just a mugshot there for. Uh, oh, six. <laughs> yeah. That's a damn shame. And then he only named one daughter Georgetta. For some reason, I thought he named his daughters all that. That's a weird ass picture. That has a weird photo. I don't know. I I like how the age difference though is so extreme when you have twenty kids. Yeah. Twelve kids. Oh my god. It's a lot of kids. Oh, I like how it says five are named George, but he has six, so one of them just got fucked there. Well, no, because he's the sixth George. Oh, true, 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 true. True. So, this yeah. This one's got uh, four names. Damn. <laughs> Isabella, Branda. How you pronounce the second male name? Isabella, Little Branda. Lil Lilia, Lilja, Lilja, huh? That's strange. I'm Lilia, but I'm white. Yeah, true, true, true. But Izzy, Izzy won that fight. If we get back to the UFC real quick, Izzy completely won that one. It wasn't much of a struggle. Uh, Cannonier had some knockout power. He just couldn't get anything going the entire fight. He kind of has the same build as like a Yoel Romero. Just yeah, a younger version of that. So is he not, kind of picks those guys apart? He does, and that seems to be the only people out of that division right now for whatever reason. Because that's how the uh, I'm blanking on his name. That's how the Italian guy is. The Italian guy between mm-hmm. which one's that Italian guy? Oh, okay, yeah. It seems to be how everybody in that division is built. You're either a kickboxer or, like, you're just some stocky-ass person that could cut weight, so you're just trying to knock everybody out. Yeah. It's fun to watch, but it's weird. My favorite time for the middleweight division was when Anderson Silva was knocking everybody out. Yeah, that was a good time period. He was beating the dog shit out of people. Yeah, I feel like it's a lot more skilled now, but, yeah, that time period was fun to watch. Yeah, um, I don't think guys now are better than Anderson was, though. I think in a lot of ways they're way more well-rounded. I think Izzy's a better striker, but he's the only one in the, the division that's a better striker, and I think everybody's more well-rounded. I don't know. Anderson Silva uh, had pretty good ground game. Mm. Maybe a one like the bet. I mean, it's just kind of hard to tell because... By the time most of the guys in the division now are like fighting in and around Anderson Silva, he was like old and off of two injuries. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Uh, are you ready to get into the other topic we had? Yes. One of the other topics. All right. Now, I had no information going into this last week when you threw out the idea about the AI. Right. 
But I, since then, this morning, have listened to a podcast and where this guy's just talking the entire time. This okay. dude's so nerdy, bro. This dude's so nerdy. I'm not buying anything with this. The Blake Lemoyne? Yeah. I haven't heard him talk. He looked like a complete and total dork. I think I saw him like on Fox or something, giving an interview. Mm-hmm. Do you want to take away the entire subject, give a little uh, synopsis so people know what we're talking about? Uh, no, I thought that's what you were going to do. Oh, no, I was going to go off of whatever you're going to go on because I've only heard the person talk. I haven't heard the original where this stems from other than uh, the Lambda, some type of AI program that Google is going off of. All I knew was that Google had an AI Lambda and this Blake Lemoyne was saying it was uh, sentient. Okay. And that he was a Google developer. I'll try to uh, give a summary then of the podcast I listened to with Amon. Uh, So basically, Google has an AI division where they are trying to... I I don't know where they're trying to do the functional uses of it for other than just help on stuff, I believe. Just kind of experimental programs. Right. Uh, And he has been working on it for, I believe he said, six months. And in that time, he had been experimenting with it every day, doing tests, seeing how it was reacting, what type of things it could learn, and what it could give back on information. He's only been there for six months. <laughs> I, with this program. He said, I believe he said he had only been there for six months with this program dealing with uh, Lambda. So in that six months, he believed that it was uh, progressing and growing and basically sentient. And right. able to give back information that like showed that it had like a soul, basically, in his his words. Seems kind of impossible. Now I thought you had information. I thought you were actually uh, believed that the uh, AI had kind of became sentient. I mean, I'm not. I'm not against believing that, but I haven't. Okay. I haven't that seen any reason... of this stuff. I like. I just know the broad story of what is going on. Ah, okay. See, I thought you had more information. That's the only reason. I'm glad I got into it then, so we had anything to talk about. So, um, he seems a little crazy. Like he seems like somebody that believes or bought into it, and it's just deceived by the complexity of the AI. Just that it can learn different information because it's basically plugged into Google's database, so it has every information from the internet you could ever, ever want. Right. And can just feed back different types of stuff. Uh, it seems like this Google version of uh, AI has fixed all the bugs that they were having about five, six years ago with AI stuff, where people would just make it racist based off of internet information. So they finally figured that type of stuff out, but right. I don't know. It's, it's just a story that seems to happen um, every once in a while where like the AI is so complex that people believe that it's sentient and has its own personality, but it's, I'm not buying into it myself. Yeah, from what I saw, from like the little bit I've experienced of him, he seems kind of... A little wackadoo. 
Have they well, given this thing was... the damn Turing test yet? Why haven't they done that? Uh, I'm not sure. You might want to Google that one. I don't really know. All I heard was uh, an hour-long podcast with the guy. But in that hour, I found out that he was uh, pagan. And oh, wait, 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 maybe he wasn't pagan. He was in a pagan uh, gang in prison at one point. And some type of weird Christian, they said. I forgot exactly what branch of Christianity he said he was into. It was something strange and off the beaten path type of thing. But also there was Polly. And this dude just sounded really nerdy, white, weird, Silicon Valley type of person. Apparently it has passed the Turing test and mm-hmm. somehow has now shown how the test is broken. Mm. Okay. So I'm looking at that right quick. I, I feel like this is a really complex uh, type of thing where even if... Uh, AI starts to break all the tests, like what's happening right now, I think they're just going to keep moving the scale of what they believe sentience is and update right. a whole bunch of stuff. A little bit of goalpost moving. Like yeah. yeah, I think it's going to be weird. I think we're going to have to have something that's like more advanced than a human before we ever accept that something else like that could be sentient, which is strange. I personally don't believe that we've gotten far enough yet with computer technology to have anything sentient um also this is kind of funny though they're saying i don't think it's an advance towards intelligence it's an advance (laughs) toward fooling people that you have intelligence which is really just kind of what people do all day every day Uh, that is true but I don't know. I, I just feel like if you spend any type of time, like I've dealt with a little bit of experimental uh, AI type of projects and stuff like that, just to yeah, see. Yeah, I have not. The, it's, I don't know. It's weird. They're just like salesmen type of people. Like they just want to tell you what you think you want to hear type of thing. And then they have perfect memory so they can recite anything back to you. But it's not like they're really inputting any type of different information. Like, it's easy to catch them into loops and stuff like that. and Yeah. It's easy to not be fooled by it. I know I could see if you perfect it completely, how it, then it would make it seem like you have a sentient being. But it's strange. It's I mean, I don't even strange. know that most humans would be considered sentient based off of... Uh, what these people are asking for. What is your definition of sentient? Like, obviously, you can think for yourself. Yeah, but what is your definition? Just being able to, like, define think for yourself. Like, uh, you're able to make your own decisions and... Just kind of do stuff for yourself. I don't... That's, like, a hard thing to explain. That's not... Yeah. I I was thinking about this on the ride over here, back to my house earlier today, and I think what I kind of describe as sentient is being able to have any form of what we would determine as, like, free choice. Being able to make decisions that aren't determined just based off of, uh, like living not living but like what determines if you live or die and good or bad like 
like how a flower grows towards the sun type of thing, being able to make a choice of what you do and not determined by other factors going on around you. Right. So then I think most of the people who are like politically active in the country are not sentient then. I think they all count as sentient. I think all, just about every animal in my book counts as sentient. Just being able to make free choices. Like a mouse is sentient, in my opinion. Right, but I don't... I guess I don't get the meaningful distinction between an AI that just makes choices based off of what you want to hear and, like, Mm -hmm. politically active people in the country. Uh, Because the AI is doing it because it's programmed to do it and the political people in the country are doing it because that's what they think is right and have the chance to change at any point on their own free will. Uh, You sure about that one? I'm pretty sure about that one. I don't think that's true at all. I'm pretty sure about that one. You don't think people are programmed to have the beliefs that they have? I think parties are programmed to set certain beliefs based off of other factors and to where a lot of parties aren't really set up to be sentient in a lot of ways, to where they can change but I think people are sentient to where they could change ideas. I mean, everybody's always changing just a little bit here or there. Nobody's static and but like what if they you fully... like seen people on the internet in the past three years. Yeah, and I'm seeing people in real life in the last three years. And right, but why does one outweigh the other? Online personalities aren't sentient. They're just the people themselves are sentient, not somebody's twitter feed no i'm not saying their fucking twitter feed sentient i'm saying if their online personality is it different from their uh offline personality they're probably not sentient actually based off the metric we're judging the ai off of what is the uh, the test again they give? I thought the test was just a full or see if you can yeah. make somebody believe if it's a robot or not. That's what it is. But no, when I'm saying what you were saying, like based off of what you yeah. consider sentient, mm. I don't know that most of these people are. Based off of what I'm saying, I think all those people are sentient because I think they have the option to change and free will. Based off of what you're saying, I'm not sure based off of this test. Not what you're saying, but based off of this test, I'm not sure a lot of them could prove if they're sentient or not. Just because I think the test is flawed. I think it's very easy to be like... I think it's very easy to have somebody and a AI have the same reactions to being accused or trying to prove themselves through text if they're a real person or not, especially if you have all the information in that Google has, which is pretty much all the information in the world. Yeah. Digital information, at least. No, I'm just saying so. I don't find the, I don't find a very meaningful distinction between like most people you meet online and uh, these AI. But I also um, think, I also think it's kind of a, a bad cop out to be like, well, have you met someone in person? It's like, yeah, 
I work around people all day, every day. That doesn't mean there aren't. I'm just not sold on their complexity yet of the AIs. Like, I just don't think they really have the. No, no, no. Um, I'm, I'm talking about like the people less than the or more. I know, the I know, but I'm saying I don't think the AI has a complexity that a person could have. At least, even the weird Trump people can go off onto their own branches of weird type of shit. Yeah, but I don't think any of those people are very complex. And like I've met some of those people in real life too. Like I met some QAnon people, and I met some like freaking far left liberal nutjob people. The QAnon of the left. I bet I I've met both QAnons, and I don't think those people have any flexibility at all. And I don't I, think I don't... they choose things for themselves. I think they are so. <clears throat> I'm not disagreeing with that. I think there's a lot of non-choice just based off of uh, environmental factors and uh, positive feed loops that they get into online and shit like that. They just kind of keep someone in a rabbit hole going down the same type of stuff and fortifying yeah. their beliefs on whatever crazy stuff. But I follow a QAnon person that I know from locally and I, I got to disagree. I love some of the crazy stuff that comes out. Whenever some major event comes out, no, QAnon's the cool. The far left go. sucks. I like both of them. Uh, you ever met any like, of the uh, lefty guys in person? I have. I don't know how extreme of how far left with those type of people. I hadn't met any people that are like uh, Antifa type of people, but I have. I, I don't know. I think it's weird with... Um, I, a gender thing as well, where the female gender is typically more outspoken, which left and right, they're both can get pretty obnoxious with yelling about their side being right. I don't know. The left ones are not fun to hang out with. They kind of make any conversation unfun, in my experience. Because, mm -hmm. like, you'll be sitting around and you'll be talking about, like, movies or whatever, and Tarantino will get brought up. You'll be like, oh, Tarantino makes great movies. And they'll say shit like... He's a sexist, misogynistic, horrible person. And you're like, okay, well, this is a fun conversation that we're now having. This is what yeah. I wanted to talk about. In their defense, your family is a huge Tarantino No, 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 fan. that's just an example. That's not even like, it could have been that way with any, mm -hmm. like, how has that have been any director that's never, a, like, interesting or fun conversation to have yeah i get that i've also had the uh, flip uh, flip side of that conversation as well though with uh you know like disney conversations with somebody that's very oh, right wing God. and those are just fucking miserable it's just like yeah i well, get yeah, there's a lesbian in this film yeah so yeah i don't i don't know i think on both sides of the extreme it can get annoying at best yeah. Uh, all right. Are you? Well, I feel like we didn't learn anything with AI conversation, but no, I thought you were gonna go with that one. I'll be honest. You're like, I'll handle the AI, and I was like, okay. No, 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 no. You specifically vouch for the AI. I did when we did our plan. I was doing UFC. You were doing AI, and then we we're going Paul Peloponnesian War. Nope, Greco Persian. Same, same, but different. Hmm. <laughs> it's quite just, a bit different. It's halfway, halfway the same. We still got 
uh, Greece in there. All right, all right. So you wanted to talk about the uh, Greco-Persian War? Yeah, it's like one of the... Uh, it's literally one of the best wars ever recorded in history. Okay. And it's been getting some flack recently. Um, I don't know if you've seen any of this kind of stuff online, but the revisionists are out and about because they hate patriots and the Second Amendment, right? Okay. And they're saying that King Leonidas gay and Greeks lost. Okay. All right. Now, I have been my entire life a notorious Sparta hater, so Mm -hmm. I will Mm -hmm. follow through. Uh, Now, this is a good introduction for how we're going to try to do things throughout the podcast on history, like topics and issues like that. Um, Try to go through and explain to people like some of the things that set up this war or info about this war just from the beginning so they can have an idea. So and pretend like they can't see the PowerPoint in front of us. This is not a PowerPoint. So, like, I don't even need this shit. Dude. Come here. Listen to me. So, Greco-Persian War was fought between Greek city-states and the Persians. The kind of kicking off event was the Ionian Revolt, which a bunch of Greek dudes basically got Ionia, which is on the anatolian side mm-hmm. um kind of near where you know where Rhodes is at the island Rhodes. yeah yeah so near there the ionians revolted backed by the greeks and darius the great was pissed off he was like fuck this i thought it was cyrus was it not no, cyrus at that time darius okay <clears throat> Yeah, so he was basically like, all right, if you're going to revolt against me, I'm going to be evil emperor and come and destroy all of Greece. Well, not really destroy, but like enslave and conquer. The typical typical of the day type of thing to do back then in 400 BC. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's almost 500 BC, so. Yeah. Even later. So even, yeah, even more pillaging, raping, enslaving. Mm-hmm. They love to do it. Right, who doesn't love to do it? Mm, a lot of people now. Famous. Okay. A lot of people now. I don't get it, personally. Seems like a good bit of fun, you and the boys out, doing a bit of pillaging, doing a bit of raiding. Mm-hmm. Doing it just a bit seems of like uh, the Hangover movies. But like an organized version of the Hangover movies. Yeah. They revolt. He -hmm. decides to get revenge. And then what happens after that? After that, I know that the Ionians go over to Sparta and Athens, try to get some help. Uh, Ah, yeah. The Ionians, like, kind of lose. And then there's the first invasion of Greece. Okay. Which ends in the Battle of Marathon. And actually, the Greeks lose pretty bad in this one because they take uh, Thrace and, I, I believe, Macedonia. And they became little vassals of the Persian Empire, those whole regions. Now, I like it this time from some of the podcasts and uh, history things that I've heard 
before the war starts that they were having plays over in Athens where like the Persian uh, what lobbyists basically mm-hmm. for their like communities where we're trying to uh, censor some of the plays to make the Persians not seem like bad guys. And I just find it fascinating that even back then at 500 BC, like there would be lobbyists and like, like how does that go in a community of like 20 to 30,000 people? Like how are they not just like, exile those people or kill those people i think they did it just seems a bold to know that your neighbor is like a complete asshole that would want to sell out everyone <laughs> for <laughs> like five hundred dollars yeah no 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 um i'm pretty sure they did kill people like that but the first persian invasion apart from taking over thrace and macedon which are not big actors in this war really there's the Battle of Marathon, which is how Marathon started, which is cool as shit, because uh, the Greeks won a battle, and a young man who believed in his country ran a marathon all the way back to Athens, said, Greeks won, died on the spot. A really dumbass person for his country. I mean, I would have gave that responsibility to somebody else if I knew I was so out of shape that I would die after 30 miles. Also... I mean, I gotta give it to the guy. Like, and I would gave up at some point. Fast. Uh, I bet his mile time was probably pretty bad. Mm, you think? For being honest, I, I don't we think had... the cardio on those type of people are that good. I think the cardio is better than it is now. Cause think about it, we were closer then to uh, like plains hunters and shit that just had to chase food around all day. Yeah, but I mean, think about it now, like the people that train for marathons are just better at marathons. Like that guy had never, that guy never before or after because he died, ran a marathon. Guy got into shape. Yeah, but I don't I know that his ever ran fucking mile time was bad. I don't think it was good. Yeah, but imagine the stamina. Well, what kind of cardio do you have to have to put on a suit of armor and walk out on the field? And what do you mean he wasn't okay. wearing armor? I thought you meant for the, the marathon back. Never mind. Yeah, no. Like he he wasn't wearing armor on the marathon back. He had all no, that shit off. Definitely not. Yeah, yeah. Why the fuck would you wear that? You're running. But yeah, I mean, you have to have pretty decent cardio for that type of stuff. I don't think insane type of cardio because they're not professional armies. So it's not like he's really prepared for that. I think you just. Uh, I think they're more built for, like, farmer strength type of thing. I think if they were, like, if they were in shape, I think they would be more of, like, a farmer built type of thing. Like, more stocky. I don't think any of them would have been. jujitsu for, like, an hour? No, I have not. It's uh, really tiring. I mean, they did wrestling, but they didn't do jujitsu. No, 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 but it's, I would imagine it's similar to uh, being in a fucking melee. Surrounded by like 20,000 other dudes. Yeah. I would assume that your cardio would be pretty good too, but they're not trained that well for that. Like they're not a professional army that trains all the time for that type of thing. No, no, no. I'm not saying they are. I'm saying that to be able to do mm. that, you can probably run a mile in a decent time. I think you can run a mile in a decent time. I think when you're trying to do 30 miles, I think your mile time goes significantly down after four to five miles maybe more if they're in good strength yeah but we're getting way too into the uh 
the realness of it all because I don't know that a guy actually ran 30 miles and collapsed on the spot and died after he told of the Athenian victory. I, it would make no sense because they would use a horse. Yeah. But but the story's uh, cool. That's what was so cool yeah. about Herodotus is that man could spin a yarn and his yarns yeah. weren't so long that they uh, were like mostly false. They're like mostly true. Probably. Yeah, I mean, there's facts and stuff that completely aren't true. Like, they say that during the Bella Marathon, they ran for, like, a mile. Like, they sprinted, like, a mile based off of his stories to them. And I don't think there's any way that's true in full armor. I don't know. That would be impressive, though. It would um, be the worst hoplite formation of all time. Yeah, but uh, Marathon was an overwhelming win for the Greeks which is all we care about here on this pod is overwhelming wins for the Greeks against the Persians who are the proto-Ottoman empire. Cause if there's one thing we hate, it's a damn empire named the Ottomans. Wait, who was the win? This was a win for Greece against the future. Not yeah. really Ottomans, Ottomans. Yeah. And, uh, okay. no, they really not that related to the Ottomans besides like occupying yeah, no. the same area. No, I understand. Um, but poorly, poorly occupying yeah. the same area. And this was the uh, first big victory the Greeks had gotten, actually. I mean, it was the only victory that they had gotten against the Persians since, oh, well, no, they ended up losing during the uh, revolt. So I guess you're right. I guess this would be. But it's the, the second time that they had actually seen each other, really. Yeah. Darius ends up dying at some point, And then it kicks off. Like, there's other minor stuff that happens, but then it kicks off the second invasion of Greece, which is what I would assume most people kind of know about. Because that's when you get uh, the Battle of Thermopylae and the Battle of Plataea. And what's the naval one? I'm terrible with naval. Yeah. Yeah, me too. There's a big naval battle that the Greeks won. That has never been my strong suit history-wise of any type of naval battles. Um, but the Battle of Thermopylae was sick because the Spartans, probably the best deliverer of one-lines maybe throughout history. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of this stuff was recorded by Herodotus, so that's why you see it in the, uh, like in the movies and stuff. But uh, basically, the Persians are invading again. They have forces so massive that uh, Herodotus described them as shaking the land and drinking the lakes dry. Contemporary historians put them at around 50,000, but I think that's kind of low ball. Uh, I think it's actually more accurate than the half a million that they originally kind of thought of. Yeah. Um, No, I, I think it's more accurate, but I like the other version better. It's better it's better of a story that way you know what mm-hmm. i mean like it's not as good of a story don't get me wrong still a good story not as good of a story if you don't hear that the uh, persians are making the ground quake and drinking the lakes dry yeah no it's a much better story if you believe that the um persians are just like a million men strong of an enslaved population that doesn't want to be there that has no like training or shields or anything that just kind of throws themselves on spears 
Yeah, no, they got... Like, once the Greek Hoplites, like, actually started fighting battles, they got fucked up. It's kind of the same thing uh, Alexander the Great did, too. But he also had heavy cavalry. and was one of the first guys to really use a uh, heavy cavalry. It pretty much was, like, the first guy to use the heavy cavalry. Except for, is, I mean, his, his dad set it up, but yeah. Yeah, which is a tradition for uh, the Greek area, actually. Because I know the uh, Byzantine Empire was at its greatest when they had a really good heavy cavalry known as the cataphracts. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, they're not the ones who really invent the cataphracts. No, in that they area. used them really well. Yeah. And the Byzantines were, like, known for their cataphracts. I mean, the Polish didn't invent hussars, but everybody knows the winged hussars are, like... Really, yeah, when true. you talk about hussars, you're talking about winged hussars. True, true. I, I don't know about any previous time periods. I would think um, it would have to be a little bit later because I would think anything during the Bronze Era, like, it would just be too heavy to have actual armor and too expensive to have actual armor on, like, a horse or an elephant or anything like that. Yeah. I'm um, sure there are some examples, but I don't know. Don't know. So, you have the Battle of Thermopylae. The Persians show up. The Greeks are like... What's up, gay boys? And the Persians are like, no, you're gay. Give us your weapons. And the Greeks are like, hey, come and get them. They hold out for like around five-ish days before the Persians are like able to sneak around and surround them and kill them. Um, everybody, knows mm-hmm. that's, everybody knows that story. It's the 300 Spartans type deal. Where it was actually, like, it really was kind of 300 Spartans and then probably about another 700 Greeks. Which, weirdly, people try to, like, throw in there now as, like, some kind of bash against the Spartans. Like, oh, you know, there were other Greeks there. It's like, it doesn't really matter. It was, like, a thousand Greeks. The, like, main force of which was the 300 Spartans, because Sparta was the only one that kind of had professional armies at the time. Yeah, I think the reason people really uh, like focus on that, though, is just because of uh, trying to tell an accurate version of the movie 300. Because a lot of people probably only know the movie. Right. And don't actually know any events that happened for it. So they would think. I don't really think it's meaningful to distinguish, if I'm being honest, between the 300 Spartans and the rest of the Greeks there. I think it is. I think it shows more of a uh, unity for Greece. Than what like the movie would portray that it's just uh, Spark kind of putting the entire little continent on their back. Right, Not maybe continent, for but region. Maybe for like if you're debating the movie, but like when you're talking about like the war itself, I don't think it's important to distinguish because I've always like thought about it as like just Greeks. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I see what you're saying. I have also. I don't know. I've I've kind of always thought about it's just Greeks and not really like the Spartans though. Right, no, I, like, there's a time and a place for the Spartan stuff, and they definitely deserve how much highlight they get from the Battle of Thermopylae, because they were the core of that army there. No, I look at the Battle of Thermopylae as, like, a, like, a Greek thing. Like, I think probably all Greeks today are like, hell yeah, that was us. We did that (laughs) shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, the, um, uh, country of Greece still uses that motto. The uh, come oh, and yeah. take home model for their military. They use yeah. a couple of them 
because they also use uh, Wolf Fight in the Shade for one of their armored divisions, like one of their tank divisions. I don't really understand why they would use that one, but that is the coolest one, in my opinion. They're under the mm. tank. Oh, mm. okay. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah, That's cool. so you have, you have that. The Persians say they're going to rain a shit ton of arrows down on them. They're like, we're going to fight in the shade. <clears throat> so eventually they end up uh, losing at Thermopylae, which depending on the way it's looked at, some people think it was a time waste for the Persians to allow the rest of Greek time or less rest of Greece time to get their affairs in order. Mm-hmm. What you got? And that leads into uh, the destruction of Athens and stuff. So they Greeks could have used a little more time. So Athens does get like burned to the ground. Uh huh. <clears throat> but it doesn't matter um, because that rolls into the Battle of Plataea, which is one of my favorite historical battles of all time. Now, which one's that side? Can't say I have that ton of information on uh, the Battle of Plataea. Uh, so the Battle of Plataea is like kind of the, uh, like really one of the last big land battles of the Greco-Persian War. It's kind of the one that decides the war and like ends it in a uh, Persian defeat. They kind of never recover from losing this battle. Okay. Now, where is that located in Greece? Plataea? Um, yeah. I know. Okay. Is there... Um, I know... Do the, uh, do you know a ton of information based on this one? Do the, um... Uh, Persians actually, like, use cavalry in this? This, uh, battle? Um, so the Persians... Their cavalry was not as developed as it was. It's way more developed um, when we do Alexander the Great. Mm -hmm. um, they, had, they had cavalry there, but from what I understand, the way they used cavalry was kind of like uh, cavalry archers and very light cavalry, which did not do a lot to the hoplites, which were uh, <clears throat> heavy-armored infantry. Okay, so I, I know they didn't use any in the Battle of Marathon. That's why I was asking if they eventually had some. No, that's why you don't really hear about cavalry in these battles. Okay. So the Battle of uh, the Battle of Plataea started where um, he heard. That the Greeks, they had all joined up, they were on the march, and he was retreating, trying to draw them into a good spot so he could use the cavalry that they had. Because mm -hmm. the Persians, like, weren't really getting to use their cavalry to any effectiveness. Um, and so the Greeks came in at the high ground and were, like, really outnumbered. Right? Mm-hmm the persians it's like same old story they're like all right we don't want to fight then because uh they were trying to maneuver around and stuff but they just didn't think it was going to go well for them so they started doing a nighttime retreat and the athenians were going to hold the back line right like 
Yeah. Everybody else was leaving before the Athenians were. And so yeah, it like it comes daytime and the Persians realize, oh shit, they're just like up and leaving. And their forces are kind of like separated at this point. So they attack the Athenian position. And like this is where the battle starts getting really fun. So the Athenians send a runner to the Spartans and they're basically like, hey, if this was happening to you, uh, we would stick around and help you guys out. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, Meanwhile, right, and they're just trying to save themselves, but meanwhile, the Spartans are sacrificing goats. Oh, yeah, okay, so this is the one where they were waiting for the signs to be correct to actually go into the (laughs) battle. So they're sacrificing goats, and they keep getting, like, a unfortunate turn of signs. They're like, (laughs) all right, throw another one, and we're sacrificing another. So they sacrifice a line of goats, and this is how, like, this is how just funny things were back then. So finally they get one goat where they get like a favorable sacrifice and mm-hmm. the Spartan commander is like, it's fucking go time, boys. <laughs> <laughs> they come charging back down the hill, the whole Spartan army to help out the Athenians and um, like destroy the Persian general's bodyguard because he had like overextended and... Uh, like break through and just kill the Persian general, which is what mm. like really won a battle back in the day was whether or not your like general got killed because like then it would just rout the whole army. Well, that plus just flanking. Flanking was like a huge thing to uh, well, I mean, for make like them getting, rout. For, yeah, for like getting a kill on the army, the best yeah. way to do it is to kill the general. So the yeah, Persians in like short or not the Persians, the Spartan in like short time kill the Persian general and the whole army is just like routing. And like, this is like, after this, um, the Persian army kind of disbands because their, uh, general's dead. And the rest Mm. of the time is like the Greeks finding pockets of Persians and like slaughtering them. Oh my God. But it's, it's literally, it's one of the best battles to like get into the details of and read about. Cause you hear about like the Athenians, like basically realizing they've been caught trying to sneak out and being like, fuck someone, someone <laughs> run we can't be left here by ourselves. And then it getting to the Spartans and the Spartans being like, mm, I don't know, man, like it really isn't our problem. Is it? And then they're sacrificing the goats to see if it is their problem. And they finally get the goat that's like, yeah, you'll win. My God, that's some wild shit. I I love during that type of history when everything's based off of omens and good, like, religious type of things to see how it's going to go. And it's like the most, like, determines the entire fate of the war. And they're just like, have a set of goats, probably have somebody to watch over the goats during the daytime to make sure they're okay. You got the priesthood out there, just in robes and shit. (laughs) Some crazy shit. Do you think there was a conversation of like, if we get to this next goat and it's bad, we're getting the fuck out of here. Yeah, I mean, how many goats you've got one goat? Yeah. <laughs> now, I don't know if it would be that or if it's like a uh, three strike thing with goats. Like, do you think if they get a certain amount of omens in a row, it would be oh. like that? Or do you think you just have to get such a bad one omen that 
Do you think it's like a magic eight ball where if you get an ask again later, they just kept getting asked again later? Right, maybe right. <laughs> they, were, they were just looking for the yes or for the no. <laughs> <laughs> they just didn't know. They're getting mixed signals from the goats. Well, that do you think it bad. was like, uh, do you think it was like, uh, like kind of the military commander arguing with the uh, clergy and being like, look, dude, just keep doing the fucking goats till we get one where we can go in. Okay. Gah. Uh, maybe. I don't know. It was probably, I, if I had to guess, I would say the actual situation going on was there was one priest who wasn't as high up that was doing the slow sacrifices. Like he was making a show out of it. Like you had like, like people come out they would like bring the goat they would show off the goat they would slaughter the goat very slowly take about 30 minutes or so i don't don't know how long of a time period they had Mm -hmm. and in a tent you have like the general and like the clergy and they're like screaming at each other and they're like i don't want to fucking go in and one's (laughs) like we gotta go in We're going to lose the whole war. And, like, all while this is going on, and this is, like, hours. This is not, like, a quick, like, 15 minutes thing. It's, like, hours this is going on. The whole time the Athenians are at the bottom of the hill, just, like, in the middle of it with the Persians. (laughs) Yeah, and they finally did their screaming, and then the priest comes out of the tent, and he goes over to, like, like, they had been waiting on this goat. They had just went through, like, three of them. So they're, like, they're waiting to find out what's going to go on. So he sacrifices the goat. There's no word yet. Everybody's suspenseful. They're like, oh, my God, what, what's going on with the goat? And then, bam, out of the doors, the priest comes over, looks at the blood on the ground, and is like, yeah, come, come on, boys. It's time to go. No more free wine. <laughs> Get down that hill, boys. You got a job. I'm a- I'm assuming they're all getting pretty toasty the entire time as well. Not wasted, but a little toasty drinking wine during the goat sacrifices. So it's all starting to make sense to them. They're like, yeah, mm-hmm. you can just sacrifice that many goats in a row. That's not weird. I'm sure they, yeah, I'm, I'm sure they probably have some good chance to and some uh, spectating type of things to really get ready for it do you think they were loud and yelling shit or do you think everybody was really polite and patient because they think god's telling them what to do i hope they were loud and yelling so that the athenians at the bottom of the hill could like kind of hear them <laughs> acting like idiots up they on top going. of the hill <laughs> just being like what uh, the fuck is taking them so long how long do they I- gotta hype themselves up for this <laughs> All right, I think that was pretty good on that. That wasn't a bad one for our first history type of topic. We'll yeah. definitely get better at that as we go along as well. But are you ready to call it um done deal on this one? I'm I'm ready to call it a done deal. Get the fuck out of here. Go play with your kids. Goddamn, stop being a piece of shit.